the menstrual cycle, it's like, not only is it a normal part of life, but it's the key to life. For some of the most pivotal years of my life, tears were tucked back and hidden behind a masquerade of being tough. Being a warrior, someone who could hustle, work hard, and get things done. But it wasn't until I started to get more in tune with who I really am that things took off in my business. Welcome to I Might Cry, a podcast exploring how heart, mind, body, and spirit are all deeply woven into the way we do business. With guest interviews from experts in business strategy, therapy, emotional intelligence, the human body, and so much more. I'm your host, Elizabeth Marks of Almond Leaf Studios. I've been capturing luxury weddings around the globe for decades and now have the privilege of educating others on how to build and grow profitable business doing what they love. I'm on a journey of self-discovery, of becoming more of the uniquely beautiful, messy, and complex human that I was created to be. And I want to invite you to do the same. Join me on this adventure of uncovering the walls we've built that keep us stuck in patterns of limitation so that we can journey into living life with arms and hearts wide open. Let's venture into this together. I'm so excited to have you on the episode today, Raven. It is a delight and an honor to learn from you. I am so excited. Like I'm so giddy. I feel like I am like a little girl just (laughs) excited to learn from you and the wisdom that you have to offer the world and your unique giftedness. It's been just a delight and an honor to get to know you. So maybe we could start with just introducing who you are and what you do. Yeah. So my name is Raven. I am a menstrual health herbalist and combo practitioner. And basically, my work is in helping people with difficult menstrual cycles find balance and also helping them to kind of move past this idea that the menstrual cycle is something that kind of holds us back or something to be hidden and kind of step into the amazing things that come with being someone who menstruates and being able to tap into that connection to nature and kind of connect with the different phases of the menstrual cycle and actually be able to work with them to see our lives kind of just like amplified and just be able to embrace all of that. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I kind of want to start with like backing up and maybe talking about, I'm sure you've done some work on this, the shame that our culture has around it. Like even, even inviting you onto this podcast, I had to kind of question like, am I really going to put this out? Are we really going to talk about this like publicly? And I realized like that in and of itself is just shedding so much light on you know, how we were all raised, like culturally, like what's acceptable and what's not. And I think there's a real movement that's happening towards the awareness of that, where, you know, I've caught myself being more aware of like, I have a tampon in my hand and feeling like I need to hide it. I need to like, you know, hide it from anybody that might see it, especially anybody male and like, why? It's just a part of life. It shouldn't be a big deal. So can you maybe share a little light? I'm sure with, you know, beginning a whole business and a career in menstrual health, like what have you experienced or what kind of work have you had to do to release any of that shame and any insight you have on that? Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought that up because with the menstrual cycle, it's like, not only is it a a normal part of life, but it's the key to life. It's like the key to human life without menstrual cycles. There would be no humans on earth. So it's really important that we kind of normalize the menstrual cycle and have this be a normal and not only a normal part of life, but a very sacred part of life. This Mm. is the cycle that brings new life into the world. So it's really, really powerful. For me, my journey started because I had really, really painful periods and started when I was like 16 years old. And I remember being woken up out of bed at like four in the morning in excruciating pain and just like not understanding how I could feel so much physical pain in my body. It was just beyond my what my mind could comprehend. And so I kind of went through the normal, you know, go to the doctor, got put on birth control, was on birth control for seven years. And I had to switch around to a few different pills because everyone I tried, I had like all the negative symptoms of like 
no libido, uh, weight gain, depression, anxiety, like all these things were happening. And I was like, okay, I switched to one more pill and I ended up almost having kidney failure. So I was like, okay, this is not working for me. (laughs) I'm going to like stop doing that and find a different doctor. And that's actually how I got introduced to herbs and acupuncture and natural ways of finding solutions for my menstrual imbalances. And that took me on a whole path of healing. And in that path is where I started to really see and understand like, wow, nobody really talks about menstrual cycles. Like, I don't even know how, I don't even know how it works. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on with my hormones. And it, and then I ended up going and studying women's herbalism and ethnobotany and got to know all about the menstrual cycle. And then was in this circle of women and it's just, it was so powerful. And now it's just like a normal part of life. And I talk about it all the time. And it's so strange because like, I'll go out and I'm just talking about it. Like it's normal. There's nothing, there's no like filter with me with menstrual cycles. And I noticed that some, some people are like, Oh wow, you're talking about that. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) of course I'm talking about it. Like I bleed every month. Like this is kind of a big deal. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, it's, and it's something that I actually bring up when I first start working with someone or whenever I'm doing any kind of workshop, I ask them like, what did you learn about yourself through the start of your period? Like mm. a lot of people didn't get education on what their period actually is and how their hormones work in the different phases of their menstrual cycle. And let alone how the menstrual cycle is like connected to the phases of the moon also. And a lot of people just didn't get information about like how to work, how to use pads, how to use tampons and also people kind of get looked at differently once they enter their menstruating years and the lack of information and the kind of things that people say when we come into menstruation kind of amplify that idea that we have to like hide it and it's something to be hidden. It's not something to be talked about. And it's, and that for a lot of people ends up getting held in the womb space. And whenever we have these blockages in the womb that can show up and manifest as physical imbalance as well. So that's one big thing that I always ask people is like, what was your first experience like with menstrual cycles? Who taught you about it? How did you feel about yourself when you started menstruating? I know some people who are like, oh, I was just told that now I could get pregnant and I was scared. Mm -hmm. So now there's that fear that's just living in the body around something that's so natural and Actually, when you learn about the menstrual cycle, there's only a few days a month when you can actually get pregnant. So there's a lot of like misinformation and there's a lot of negativity around menstrual cycles and a lot of just, like you said, shame. So shifting all of that is really, really important. Yeah. Would not be having this conversation had I not had an experience um, a little, probably about two years ago, we had, I'd already had my daughter and I had a really challenging pregnancy where I felt like I was going to pass out all the time, all through Mm -hmm. my pregnancy with her. And afterwards had a lot of like, clearly my menstrual health was not okay. And so I got to the point where I was like, I literally start feeling I'm going to pass out every time I would have my period. And it was super irregular in like a really unhealthy way where I was having a lot of blood loss all the time, like happening way too often. And so I started seeing an acupuncturist. I asked my doula who had supported me in the birth of my daughter. And I asked her like, Hey, if I'm wanting to have another baby, like we're not ready yet, but if we were wanting to do that, like, what would you recommend to kind of prepare my body? Like, I'd like to feel a little more supported in that. So she sent me to this acupuncturist and I began this whole journey where I learned so much. Like I had no idea that like, there's so many like physical things that happen that are literally like symptoms of something. They're literally communicating to you what's happening in your body and what your health is like, what's going on, and that they're all connected to your diet and to how you're sleeping. And I was, I mean, it blew my mind. Like it was crazy. And so going on this journey with acupuncture and she did do a lot of herbal remedies as well. And so going on that journey supported me and allowed me to have a much better pregnancy. I mean, I don't, I didn't feel like I was going to pass out once with Dax, with our son. I had such a better pregnancy and yeah, I mean, we could get into all the specifics of that, but I, I think it's just, again, like going back to that fear, you know, that, that fear is living in your body. Like, I think I had, was not in a position, I never would have been comfortable even like having this conversation with you prior to that experience. And it's completely because of, I was taught from an early age, like, well, you have to hide this. This is something that you need to hide. 
But even more than that, I really, what I'm really fascinated in is how our menstrual health can really help us perform in business. I listened to somebody else talk, I mean, probably a year or more ago. And I remember hearing for the first time, like, wait, there's different like cycle. I mean, again, just totally naive about a lot of this. And I remember hearing like, wait, there's different parts of the cycle where you have more energy naturally. Like I know I experienced that, but I've never paid attention to that. And she kind of was mentioning how you can actually plan your business, your life around those different phases. So I've tried to be paying more attention to that. I can't say that I've been doing it, but do you want to share a little bit more? Like, let's dive into that a little, because I know you have a lot of experience and wisdom on this too. Yeah, definitely. This is something that I've been like, I, I know about the phases and I uh, know about the different energies. And then for some reason, like I went through this period of time where I was like, so in work mode, and I was like, okay, I have to do everything at all times of my cycle. And then I got totally burnt out. So the best thing to do is to really honor the energy of each phase of the cycle that you're in. So menstruation is the start of the cycle. That's the phase when honestly, we are, we're open. Everything is open and we're really sensitive. It can have an impact on our digestion. And that's just because of the hormonal shift that happens in order for menstruation to start. So that time is really about us. It's really a time to pull back from the world and you don't have necessarily have to like lay in bed all day, but it's more so about focusing on what your body needs and what your body wants. And it's really a time of healing for ourselves. And it's a really great time to kind of listen to the body and see what's happening as far as like, okay, what am I holding on to? What am I letting go of this cycle? How can I release any stuck emotions or any stuck energies that have built up over the month and make my next cycle better. Mm. So that's the menstruation phase. It's really about us and our own healing and really just diving into ourselves. Can I pause you there and ask you, what are some practices that you would recommend to release any of that energy that's like stuck? Yeah, I actually recommend walking in nature. Walking is really, really great. And walking in nature specifically because because of that innate connection to nature. When we're menstruating, that's like when we're most, most connected to nature. And the cycles of nature and just being able to observe nature. And it's almost like we're receiving insight from the world around us. We're able to like look at the trees and receive information. It's a really intuitive time. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of able to tap into that intuitive energy. So spending time in nature is really great. Walking. I also recommend like Qigong. Qigong is a really great energy practice, uh, movement practice that helps to kind of like see where energy is moving in your body. If you do want to go out and do something, I would definitely suggest like doing Reiki or something like that. Something that's where someone can kind of do a little, a bit of energetic balancing. Mm. And then the follicular phase is all about its spring energy. And so menstruation was winter energy. It's more inward. Now we're moving into spring. This is like high energy. Everything is buzzing. And that's when your hormones are like starting to come back online and things are just like vibrant and your energy is vibrant. And that's the phase of the cycle when it's like, you can get so much done. It's really great for connecting with people because we're more social during our follicular phase. And it's really great for planning and kind of like doing some of the mental work that needs to be done in order to like move projects forward. You can accelerate projects so quickly in the follicular phase. So that's a really great time to do that. And then really like nourishing that phase and kind of supporting yourself in that phase is about taking time to decompress (laughs) because it's so easy to just go and go and go. So having like a set time that you're definitely going to stop working and rest is important because it can be easy to like push beyond that, but it actually really helps if we have time for rest and restore ourselves. That way we can be really clear-headed for the next day. Mm. Oh my gosh, this is so amazing. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's great. (laughs) I I can tell you like working on my online course, like I would fight and fight and fight to do things in my menstruation time or like right before my cycle would start. And then my follicular phase would come and I would get like three modules done in one day. I'm like, totally. Yeah. yeah. I've experienced the same thing. I'm like thinking of specific things as you're saying all of that, where I'm like, oh yeah, that came so easily when I just waited for the right timing. Yeah. It's crazy. Exactly. And that that's because your body is supporting that. And mm-hmm. 
And then you move into ovulation. So around ovulation time, this is like, this is the peak of our like sensuality. It's the peak of fertility. It's a time when we are really just able to attract what we need and what we want in our lives. And so it's really where follicular phase is like, yeah, go out and do things. Ovulation is like, just sit back and let it come to you. It's like this empress energy, which is really cool. And it's a really, also a really creative time. So it's a really great time for us to like tap into more of our own creative visions, visions that are about our personal lives and not just our work. Work is great, but those things in the ovulation phase is just like things will come in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we just have to be open and available for them. And oh my gosh, this reminds me so much. I'm like picturing this vision, like as you even kind of like did this like empress, like with like a giggle, you know, like a huge smile across your face. I like imagined this, like I studied Renaissance art history in Italy for, I got to study abroad during my art degree. And I am picturing like all of these, you know, incredible portraits and sculptures and women are always like at rest and like so sensual and just powerful like womanhood at rest and ease you know and I'm just like picturing that like that's what that phase looks like if I had to put a visual to it yeah absolutely that's exactly what it looks like and that's the best way to embody energy of that phase is to like do things that make you feel really connected to your sensuality and creativity art projects are really great taking like herbal baths that's a really great thing to do and like spending time in the moonlight and painting like anything self-care massages. So I love to massage my feet and legs during this time. Anything that makes you feel really connected to your body, your creativity and sensuality. Really great time. And then the luteal phase, that's the phase that comes right before menstruation. So the follicular phase is about 13 to 14 days long. Ovulation is only a 24-hour window, but the time building up to it, you're really kind of stepping into the ovulation energy. And then the luteal phase is about anywhere from like 12 to 14 days. It really depends on, on you. It can be longer, it can be a little bit shorter, but the luteal phase is more is you're you're kind of starting to turn back inward and you're kind of starting to become more sensitive. And this is the time that's associated with like PMS and being having this like, I don't know, sassy attitude, but really it's, it's about us being more connected to our truth. And when we're connected to our truth, we're not really going to put up with crap. <laughs> we're just not yeah. going to do it. So it's kind of hard for other people who don't understand that we're seeing truths and we're making adjustments based on that. So a lot of times it's a time when we are really more focused on the on the physical aspects of the work that we're doing. So if there are things that need to be organized, like errands running, this is actually a really great time because we're kind of more in our own zone and we're able to like do things that are action-based rather than like interaction-based, whereas follicular phase is more about interaction. And so like supporting ourselves during this phase is really about one, I, I love dream work during the luteal phase. Like if you are having any kind of blocks with anything that's happening in your day-to-day life, anything in work, before you go to bed, like having a little cup of lavender tea and just asking yourself, like what block is coming up for me here? How do I move past this? And the luteal phase is such a powerful time for dream work. And so working with your dreams, paying attention to them, when you wake up in the morning, write them down. It's just such a powerful time for that dream work. And that phase of the menstrual cycle is kind of associated with like a hermit energy. So hermit is like this archetype that is about going inward. And so that's what the luteal phase is about. It's about starting to go inward and kind of focusing like the information that you're putting into the work that you're doing, any kind of research that you have to do, you kind of like have to pull from inside of you rather than trying to look outside of you for clues. So it's a really kind of like in-between time before getting back into the menstruation when you really go inward. Oh my gosh, this is like kind of blowing my mind. My, I think I feel like my brain is spinning a little bit of like all these different ways that I can implement different practices to like get more in tune with that. I would love to know if somebody that's listening is maybe thinking like, that's super cool. How do I know when I'm in each phase? Are there certain apps or supportive ways that you can kind of figure that out and begin to maybe even 
plan out certain tasks or certain things that you know you need to get done? Are there suggestions that you would have to have? Like, how do you begin that journey? I'm interrupting this episode briefly to invite you to have a little fun with our quiz. We love a good rye whiskey Manhattan around here, and we couldn't think of a better way to integrate our love for food and cocktails into our business than to develop a quiz that will help you discover what your business is craving. What is it hungry for? We've got seven short questions to help you uncover areas of your business that maybe need a little love or a little growth. To tap through and find out your results, go to almondleafstudios.com forward slash quiz. Now back to the show. Yeah, that's a really great question. I love the app Kindara, K-I-N-D-A-R-A. And it's a cycle tracking app that allows you to also input your basal body temperature. So your basal body temperature is just your temperature right when you wake up in the morning. And when you're tracking your temperature, you're able to see when ovulation has happened. So once ovulation happens, you know that you've moved into your luteal phase. And so Working with the app, you're able to kind of start seeing like where you're at <laughs> in each phase of your cycle. When you get to menstruation, your temperature drops and then it's going to stay low until ovulation happens. Once ovulation happens, after ovulation happens, your temperature goes up and then it stays up until the next menstruation. So once the top temperature drops, then the cycle starts again. So you can kind of keep track of that. And there are other factors that you can look into that kind of go into more depth on like just signals from the body. So just paying attention to your, your cervical mucus, which is like the fluid that you see when you go to the bathroom that kind of comes out and it's like a clearish, sometimes whitish kind of changes throughout the month. That also has to do with our hormonal balance and kind of just the phase of the cycle that we're in. Yeah, there's lots of resources online. There's lots of books. There's lots of programs. I even have a program called Moon Mapping that's all about learning how to like map your menstrual cycle and know what phase you're in and also how to support yourself through each phase. So like herbs and rituals and self-care practices for each phase of the menstrual cycle. But starting with Kandara, that's a really great app to go to work with. And then definitely just like start exploring. There's something called the fertility awareness method. And that's a really great place to start. If you get any books on fertility awareness, that's going to point you in the right direction of like knowing your body and knowing what's happening at each phase and knowing what phase you're in. Gosh, it's like really cool to think about being so in sync with your own, like, I mean, really, I think of like your womanhood, your like femininity And because I want to be careful, like, I know that there's a whole lot that we can get into with, like, I want to be sensitive to like the ways that we're talking about it. And even honest about like my naivety with some of that too. But I also think like, man, for somebody who menstruates, if we can get in tune with that so much so that we could actually begin to plan our productivity around it, I feel like this world would be a totally different place. Totally different totally different. And the thing is like our womb space is what brings new life into the world. Mm -hmm. So the energy that we're in is the energy that all babies come into the world with. So that's like, to me, mind blowing that we can shift how we take care of ourselves and honor our cycles. And that can actually have a, a ripple effect out into the whole world. And I think the more people that are staying connected to their cycles and asking for, (laughs) asking for, and hopefully I would love to see like regulations change and laws change to help support us because Mm. we're not the same. People who menstruate and people who do not menstruate are not the same. We have different requirements energetically throughout the month. We have different levels of productivity throughout the month, and we can actually be so much more productive if we're not pushing ourselves through our whole menstrual cycle. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's interesting because, you know, it has typically been a more masculine culture. And so I feel like that's where this kind of hustle mentality comes from. And so I, what I've loved about you is that even from the moment that I like became aware of you, I've noticed you have this, you know, relaxed, like ease and flow where there's just times that something isn't going to happen and you're okay with that. And then there's times where like, you are going to get 10 times more done than you are. Like even just as an kind of outsider looking in, I've been able to kind of observe that you embodying that as you move throughout life. And I think that that's something that I'm really striving towards. I really, I, I don't like the use of striving in that, but I, it is something that I'm, I'm working towards or kind of trying to lean into. 
because I've noticed that when I do, when I give myself, it's really a giving myself permission to take care of myself, to take a step back, take a moment, take a breath, because it's so ingrained in me to just, I've got all this stuff to do. I just got to power through it. I've got to push through, hustle, work hard. You know, it's super, super deeply ingrained in me, but I've continued to be invited back into a different way of doing life. And every time I say yes to that invitation, what happens is just magic. Like it just, it's powerful. And it just like unfolds so organically and so beautifully. And things do, they just come with ease where it's just, yeah, I don't know. There's, it's like divinity just pouring through you because you paid attention to who you are, who you're created to be, what your body needs, what your emotions need, what your heart needs, what your mind needs, what your soul needs. Like in that space, when I'm able to relax into that and allow that, everything changes and everything flows so differently. It does. It's amazing. Yeah. It's great to hear that you're connecting to that and yeah, yeah, accepting that invitation and listening because it's so, it's so helpful. So helpful. And a lot of times, like I do a lot of manifestation work with my menstrual cycle, which has Mm -hmm. been really powerful for me lately. And it also helps to like, to know that, okay, I, I've set this intention in my menstruation phase and this that's a powerful time to set intentions. That's really awesome. powerful. Yeah. I'm so intrigued. I don't know a whole lot about manifestation, but I've been recently kind of learning more about it. And yeah, I'm super intrigued. Do you want to share more about that? What yeah. that process looks like for you? Yeah, yeah. So basically like the menstruation phase is connected to the archetype of the high priestess, which is this really intuitive between worlds kind of energy. And that's what a lot of people feel like when they're menstruating. It's like, where am I? (laughs) Am I on earth or am I like in between? And that's exactly the high priestess archetype. But it's also a really powerful time because of that connection to nature and when we're in this space that's kind of like a little bit more detached from like for me, I can't think about work when I'm bleeding. I'm just like, I will literally sit there. I have done this and I don't do this anymore, thankfully, but I will literally sit there and like try and type out this email and be on my computer for like an hour for one email. And like, what am I doing? Yeah. (laughs) My body is telling me this is not the time to do this. And so I kind of switched and really started honoring that menstruation energy and taking time for myself, going outside, going for walks, meditating. And I just started asking for things to shift in my life. And I wanted to have more ease. And I set that intention when I was menstruating, not really thinking that it was an intention. It was just like, yeah, I really, I really want this. Then, you know, I would move on to the next phase of my cycle and things would start shifting. And I'm like, hold on, what, where's all this stuff going? Like everything is disappearing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, right. Ease. Okay. I want to be yeah. a little more specific next time. <laughs> so yeah, that's just how I've, how I've been working with it. And I'm learning and it's all a learning experience, but it's really fun to, to have that connection, to be able to see how, how powerful we are. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. I know you've done some work with, uh, I know you've mentioned like ancestors and I don't even know exactly what language to use around it, but I know that I've been really fascinated with, I think in different cultures, they would call it different things. So I've heard everything from like generational trauma, generational sin, or even like the epigenetics of like what's actually on a cellular level handed down to you from the generations before. And I know that they've done studies that have like proven that, you know, let's say like many generations prior to you that so-and-so had this trauma happen and on a cellular level that's carried through future generations. Like you begin to kind of adapt and change in order to self-protect. So it's actually a really beautiful thing. It's created and designed to be this really beautiful way of self-protection, you know, of, of protecting your family unit, right? But with that comes sometimes the need to undo some of those things or to reframe or, you know, change those neuropathways that happen in our mind. And so I'm super curious, would love to just hear from you. I know you've done and you have included some different work with ancestors like in your practice. Do you want to share a little more about that? 
Yeah, definitely. And I absolutely love epigenetics. I'm I'm a Gemini, so I'm like really into like the science part of things, but then I'm also really into like the more spiritual energetic part of things. And I remember learning about epigenetics and just being like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. That's why this thing is still showing up. And that's why like for me with my menstrual cycles, a lot of it has to do with ancestral trauma. So one of the things that has happened in my lineage, of course, with having African ancestors is slavery Mm -hmm. and being forced to work and not being allowed to be seen just like relaxing and enjoying life Mm -hmm. and having to hide a lot of things and having to kind of like do things in a way that would not bring harm upon them. So doing things that are kind of like sneaky and trying to like not bring too much attention to oneself. So all of those things do have an impact And that trauma has an impact on the DNA. And the way I see it is that our DNA is because our bodies are so, we have a physical body, but it's not separate from our energetics. It's not separate from our spirit. It's all one thing. So if something shifts the DNA, then it's going to shift our energetics. It's going to shift our emotions. It's going to shift the way we think. So all of that gets passed down. It's not just, it's like, yes, the DNA is just like an identifier of that thing that's being passed down. So for me and my healing journey, I would just start to really pay attention to things that were coming up for me in ways that I was kind of like still living out ancestral patterns and ancestral trauma. And it was not hard to do because I was in these patterns of like, overwork. And like, I remember one time I was just standing in my kitchen and I was cooking some food and I was thinking about all the emails that I had to respond to and like all the things that I had to do. And all of a sudden my body just like lit up. I was so inflamed. I was in so much pain and I had to sit down. I was like, I feel like I'm going to pass out. I'm in so much pain. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, what's going on here? (laughs) Why are these emails? Why am I letting this like get to me so much? And I just sat with that and I I ended up taking the rest of the day off and over time, uh, like through dreams and just through day-to-day things that kind of like opened my eyes, I saw that I was bringing it on myself. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason I was bringing it on myself is because I had this ancestral trauma, this ancestral, this generational trauma of you have to keep working. You can't be seen resting. Mm -hmm. And it was at a time when I was living with roommates and it was like, I didn't want them to see me not working. (laughs) And I was like, why, why can't I just relax? I always have to be like working and not never relaxing around them. And every time they would like go out of town, I'd be like, ah, yes, I can finally relax. I'm like, okay, Mm. why can't I just relax when they're here too? So that was really, really powerful to kind of see how that experience of my ancestors was still showing up in me of like me thinking that I always have to work, especially if I'm around other people and I don't get to relax unless I'm alone and and like kind of hiding myself. Mm. Wow. What a beautiful invitation too, for you to do that because even your awareness to like, be like, Hey, hold on, what's going on? Like that takes an awareness, you know, a really like being able to be in tune with like something's up. Why do I feel this pressure? For me, a lot of times that will happen in like in my chest. I feel it like right here, what turns into anxiety. So it's like a, like a fluttery, but like not a good fluttery, like where I just feel very like anxious and nervous. And yeah, that's amazing that you were able to like trace it back to that. What are some of the ways then that you feel like you have begun the process of like releasing that or like undoing some of that generational trauma? Yeah. For me, it's been about looking at how what in my life helped to maintain that way of thinking or way of being. So I looked at my childhood and like, what did I learn in my childhood that made me think that what my value is based on like how much I'm working or I have to like work anything that helps to reinforce that, that I learned as a kid, that those are the things that I look to. And once I was able to bring my awareness to them and like, no, Oh wow. I remember like, growing up and everything was focused on my grades. And like, if you don't have good grades, then like, you don't get a treat. You don't get to like, enjoy, you know, have all the fun things that you want to have. You could possibly get grounded if you get bad grades. It's like, that was also part of that story of like, you have to work hard. And that was like something that I learned from my parents that you have to work hard in order to like, 
be successful in life and to be a good person and all of these things. And of course, they didn't mean it for me to be like, you know, stressed out and having like all this pain in my body because I'm like working too much. It was really meant out of something good because they wanted to see me successful. But it was also just kind of like continuing on of this generational trauma. So being able to see that in myself and get to the root of it for me and this life and my body, because although we can inherit some of these, these patterns, it's like what happens in our lives here and now that reinforces them. So looking at the here and now is what's most important. And so I started to shift and I started to say, well, let me give myself working hours and I'm not going to work beyond these hours and whatever doesn't get done. It's just going to have to wait until tomorrow. (laughs) And then I also had to look at other things like, well, I've always been supported in my journey. There's never been a time when I, you know, failed so horribly that I lost everything in my life. Mm -hmm. And I've always been able to kind of bounce back even when bad things do happen or things that are difficult to happen. And so having that trust and faith that like, okay, I'm supported in my journey. Everything's going to be fine. If I don't send this email right now, they're not going to like yell at me. Everything is going to be fine. And there's always more time. And also having that shift allowed me to see that it's okay. It's okay to take time for myself and then I started to see this new cycle happening of, oh, things are still going great and I'm not working as much. Mm-hmm. This is wonderful. <laughs> How do yeah. keep this going? Yeah. Was that hard for you, that transition, that beginning to like allow oh. yourself permission to not? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> it was not easy. <laughs> it was not easy. It was like, I had to keep learning the lesson and that's okay. Like we, we're, we're human. We sometimes have to keep learning a lesson a few times to really yeah. like, like actually get it. So that what happened for me a few times. And I would say up until like last year, it was not until I did this online course launch and it was just like horrible, it crashed. It was so bad. And I had pushed so hard and I was like, you know what? I'm going to just take a break. I'm going to take two weeks off. I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to see what I come up, come up with. And I shifted it into something that was a lot easier for me, mm-hmm. um, a lot more intimate for the people I was working with and a lot more in depth for the people I was working with. and. It was just so much more easeful. It was way more profitable for me. And the transformations that people had were just like amazing. And I was like, wow, that was really easy. Yeah. (laughs) And that was like, okay, yeah, I think I get it now. (laughs) Yeah. One of the first courses that I ever created was the same way. Like I created it because I was like, well, this is something that I'm good at. I spent months and months and months pouring all this time and energy into it and had like all this buildup of like, okay, we're about to launch and then launch. And it was like, crickets you know (laughs) I mean it was oh it was so so hard and because I let also let that mean so much about me I let that become a reflection of like my own worth or my value and so it took a long time to kind of rework through that whereas some of the content that I'm creating now like I can feel it now at this point in my career I can feel it when I'm starting to create out of a like I got to make something I got to do something I got to meet a need or And so I'm learning more and more to step back and be like, no, like I'm not going to create until I know that it's just something that is coming with ease where it's, it really does feel like it's just like, I'm this, I mean, it sounds really weird, but like this vessel of like something bigger, you know, divinity outside of me is coming through. And I mean, there's times where I've called it like a download. Like there's been times and moments in my life where I'm you know, I'm doing something completely different. Usually when I'm at rest, (laughs) usually when I'm like not busy doing things where I feel like all of a sudden I have this like crazy idea where I'm like, wow, I got to write this down. Like, this is really good. You know? And then I've noticed that actually one of the things that I'm working on right now in my business that happened when I was like laying with my son in my arms, he fell back asleep at like four 30 in the morning and I couldn't go back to sleep for whatever reason. So I laid there for like an hour and a half where I just let him sleep in my arms. I knew if I moved too much, he wouldn't. And this idea just started to like flow out of my brain. Right. And so I'm like trying to grab my phone and like trying to take notes as best I can. Cause I'm like, I can't move too much. I can't go get pen and paper. So I wrote it all down and then just kind of like held on to it was kind of like, I have this, this thing and it's amazing. And I can't wait to like offer it to people, but I don't know what to do with it. So I just kind of let it sit. And then I noticed that a month, I think it was one month. It might've been two months later that happened to be at the same phase of my cycle 
all of a sudden I was journaling and like that same idea like popped back into my brain and I started to journal about it and it became a very clear six week program. Like this week is this, this week is this. I mean, I, it was so easy. (laughs) I have chills now, even just saying it, like it was such a different experience. I mean, it could not be more in contrast with that first course that I created where I just thought like, I need to make some extra money to support my family. So I'm going to create this course and put this thing into the world. It came out of such a different energy, you know, where the one is like, I need money. Can me your money? Here's something that you can pay me for. And the other was very much like this idea just kind of, you know, came to me and is, I don't know, it just happened with ease where it's just kind of flowing out of me in a way, you know, where it's, I mean, it's the same thing. I guess that's a great visual representation back to what you were saying that like life comes from the womb. It comes from those who menstruate. Like it's, it's this idea. And I feel like in a similar way, it's like that idea like came to me and then through me, like, and I had to be released out of me as well. Like, I don't know. It's yeah. getting real weird with this. <laughs> no, it's, so true. it's so true because that's what I feel like because we are so connected to things that are from the non-physical realm. Mm. And that's not something that is really accepted or like talked about in the more masculine and linear way of life. But that's just not how we operate. We operate through like having these really amazing spiritual connections and just being able to be that open vessel because that's the womb is this open space for creativity and for things to grow and flourish. So we can receive those downloads and it's just so much easier. It's so much easier because I think also it's connected to the people that we're helping. And it's not just about us. It's not just about what we're coming up with in our mind. It's about really, truly like who's going to benefit from this and the transformations that can happen for people. So Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I feel like it's like serving the world. Like it's how you are capable of showing up to like love others and care for others and serve the world around you. Gosh, that's amazing. I am thinking about, I have this like visual in my mind right now as we're talking of like how plants, you're talking about getting in nature and how that's a really great time to be connected to to nature. And I'm thinking like, I feel like the the plant version or representation of those two experiences for me would be like in the beginning, I was a certain plant and I was trying to be at some other variation. You know, I'm trying to be like, hey, well, I've seen so-and-so create a course and do really well at that. So I'm going to try to be like that person or I'm going to try to be like that plant or whatever. Whereas when you think about plants have this beautiful story to communicate, this beautiful lesson for us to learn, where you look at it and like, you know, I'm looking outside my window right now and I'm like, that blue atlas cedar is the plan I'm looking at. That blue atlas cedar is not trying to be like the Japanese maple. Like it just is. It's just loving being itself, you know, and it just embodies who it is and what it is and, and what it needs. You know, that plan has different needs than the one next to it. And it's just really, really, I don't know. It's crazy. I feel like nature has so much to offer us and what we learn and how we, yeah, what we can learn from it. So yeah. And I totally agree with you. And it's just so amazing that you just said that. Cause I've actually thought this so many times that like that representation of plants and how plants can only be in the, their fullest expression. They can't be in the expression of another plant or, or tree or anything. They can only be in their fullest expression and how nature cooperates with them. So it's so interesting. There are like orchids that have these specific pollinators that will go and pollinate these orchids and they only pollinate orchids. And to me, that's just like, oh my gosh, if you're just in your energy, you're going to attract exactly what you need and what you want in your life. So yeah. Oh, I have chills all over. (laughs) It's so good. Let's kind of make it full circle. I know you talk about the use of like when we talked about herbal remedies as well, but that's all plant-based also. I promise this was not set up. It feels like it was very like, (laughs) it was like set up and designed this way. But I would love to just hear how like plants or nature, herbal things have supported you on your journey and how somebody that listening, maybe that wants to kind of begin a journey and bring more awareness to their whole cycle and how it shows up in their daily life and their daily practices, how can they begin that journey and where can they find support? Yeah. I love herbs and like just working with plants and plant medicine. They're just so amazing for me. I remember when I was like, kind of like starting out in my healing journey and I was learning about herbs and uh, I was just doing everything on my own. I was reading books. And so 
I wanted this herb called motherwort to help with supporting my liver and help with hormonal balance and also help with my nervous system and kind of like calming my nervous system down. So I bought like a pound of motherwort. (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking. Um, And I was like, okay, let me make a motherwort tea. And I like made this really nice cup of tea. And then I went to drink it and it was super bitter. It was so disgusting. It was awful. (laughs) I was like, okay, I need help. (laughs) So that's when I went to herb school and that was really a really helpful thing. So I would say any kind of like local offerings from like herbalists, any kind of workshops or anything like that. A lot of people have things online now, but just finding like a basic herbs class and learning about how to blend your own teas. That's a really great place to start because water-based remedies like herbal teas, herbal baths, uh, or foot baths, things like that. Those are really gentle and pretty much anyone can have an herbal tea and it'll be safe for them. So that's a really great place to start. And then I would say, pick the thing that you're that's most present for you. Like when you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing that you think about? What's the first thing that you feel in your body? What's the first time or like first experience of disharmony? Because you know what? We all know what it feels like to be in harmony and feel like, oh, things are flowing really smoothly. Mm -hmm. But then we also know what it feels like to be kind of out of harmony or out of balance. So pay attention to whatever is out of balance for you and just pick one thing. Like for me, this was actually last year, I was really stressed. I was working a lot and I was like, I don't know why my hormones are all in balance. Like I'm fine. I'm not stressed. I'm fine. I was like totally just <laughs> kind of like telling myself this story. And I went to my acupuncturist. So, you know, finding practitioners is really, really helpful. I went to an acupuncturist who's really amazing. And she suggested that I take ashwagandha. So I was taking ashwagandha as a tincture. Um, so putting the drops into water and Ashwagandha is really great for hormonal balance and for reducing stress and helping our body to adapt to stress. And when we work with an herb, no matter what form it is, if it's a tincture or a tea, we can get the physical benefit, but we can also get this really powerful, energetic and spiritual connection too. Mm -hmm. So as I was working with ashwagandha, I asked like, well, why am I having this imbalance? What's going on here? And ashwagandha helps with hormonal balance. So it was great for that in the physical aspect. But then I also started getting a lot of information about, hey, actually you're working too much. And actually (laughs) this is connecting back to that pattern of overwork. And that's kind of when I kind of saw the association with things that I experienced in childhood and how that was still showing up for me. So that's something to be aware of when you're working with herbs is that you can, yeah, you can work with them for the more physical aspects, but you can also gather all this information about like what's happening in your body and kind of come back into your own balance and your own like energy and your own expression through working with herbs. So, oh my gosh, I'm learning so much from you. (laughs) I'm going to be marinating on this for a while, especially thinking about like, I've been thinking so much about how, you know, I've, I've kind of segregated these different aspects of who I am for so long. And, you know, for me, it was a lot of like, this is like work, Elizabeth. This is like the fun, playful Elizabeth. This is the mom, Elizabeth. This, you know, like all these different versions of who I am and, and really trying to understand that like business Elizabeth needs to also be the same thing as these others. You know, maybe there's these little aspects, but I need to not so intentionally separate and segregate like this part of me versus this part and try to show up differently as a different version. And so this podcast is a huge, 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 huge step moving forward of that of just like, this is just me showing up to have conversations that I'm excited about and, and, you know, enjoy people that I'm and share people that I love and adore with the world and with my community. So I love like, taking that almost a step deeper, the idea of that, that like energetically and spiritually that it's all, I think I've known that here in my head, but moving that into a real embodied part of my reality is something that is just a, again, one of those, I would say, call it like a beautiful invitation, like to, to allow myself to, to lean into that and really explore what could that look like for me and giving myself that space and that rest, that permission to to really find value and worth in just being instead of the doing all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What a great, great conversation. Thank you so much for taking your time. Tell us just a little bit more about your course. I know you kind of hinted at it and mentioned it, but if somebody wants to dive deeper in all of this, where can they go? 
Yeah. So my website is moonmedicine.co and I have a couple online courses. I have one big one called Sacred Cycles and it's all about healing menstrual cycle imbalances. So that one is more for people who are dealing with like period pain, heavy bleeding, missed periods, any kind of those cyclical imbalances. And you wanted to dive deep into bringing balance to the menstrual cycle by incorporating herbs, by working with ancestors, and also through just different traditional healing practices like womb massage and pelvic steaming. It's a really, really powerful course. And I'm, I really love it. There's an online community that also goes with that. And then I have a course called Ancestral Dream Work. And it's all about working with ancestors in dreams and kind of tapping into this resource of having ancestral guidance and doing it in a way that's really safe. And then there's, of course, Moon Mapping, which is a shorter course, but really powerful. And that's where you go through each of the phases of the menstrual cycle and get to learn about how to support yourself with herbs, how to support yourself with self-care practices and rituals and how each phase of the cycle is connected to the moon, how to start tracking your cycle and kind of paying attention to those things. So um, amazing. That's my offerings. Yeah. Amazing. Can you tell us where can people find you online? Yeah. So I'm also on Instagram, Instagram at moon medicines. And then my website is moonmedicine.co. And then I wanted to also just share a couple herbs that people can work with if you're interested in like starting with herbs. So there's three main ones. Lavender is a really common herb that a lot of people know about. It's a gentle herb, but it's something that's really helpful for dreaming as something that's really helpful for calming the nervous system. So if you're feeling like you're kind of like stressed through your workday, having a cup of lavender tea can really help. Mm. And then chamomile, which is really common, but so powerful. So it's, it's a gentle, but super effective herb. So if you're someone who experiences kind of like digestive upset or kind of any kind of digestive issues that come when your stress kind of levels kind of elevate or when you're like really kind of like emotionally uh, triggered in some way, chamomile is a wonderful ally. So having a couple cups of chamomile tea a day is really, really helpful. And then mint. And I love mint for that like vibrant energy that it has. It's really an herb of like mental clarity. So if you're kind of like stuck on something and kind of trying to figure out like, why isn't this working? Mint can be a really great ally. And with any of those herbs, you can set an intention when you sit down to drink your cup of tea and just, you know, I want to have more clarity on this project, or I want to have more clarity on how I can bring more ease into my life. And then you drink your cup of tea and just let it happen. That's amazing. Thank you so much for giving us such practical, easy things. I know all of those are accessible in any real grocery store or any place that you can find herbs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Raven. Is there anything else you feel like you want to add to be complete? Um, I think that's it. I just, I love chatting with you and this conversation has been so much fun and I love the flow of everything. It's just, it's been great. I'm really happy to be here. Oh, thank you so much for being on. I'm so excited to have you too. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast today, do us a favor and hit subscribe and then leave us a review. In fact, to celebrate the launch of this podcast, we're doing a giveaway of $100 via Venmo for one lucky reviewer each month for the first three months. All you have to do is leave a review and be sure to drop your Instagram handle in the review so we know how to get in touch. If you're looking for more, you can find us at almondleafstudios.com or on Instagram at almondleaf. Remember, you are enough. You are love, you are light, and you are worthy simply because you exist.